Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and everybody in between, welcome to another episode of the Chaps Chat Cats. My name is Jake, and I'm joined in the virtual studio by the one and only Mr. Johnny Larkin. How are you, Johnny? Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good on this interesting day. Sort of pretty cool, but warmed up quite a bit today. How about yourself? How are you going? I'm excellent. Excellent. Started off with a good run. What NFL playoffs? Nice. Uh, and nice. Yeah, ready to launch into some podcasting with you. We are, of course, a member of the Hoops Crew Media Network. Uh, make sure you're following on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Spotify, all of those things. And if you want that extra goodness, make sure you go on over and subscribe to the Patreon. I believe you can subscribe to be a uh, uh, I, I don't know if you need to subscribe to be a member on YouTube yet or not. I need to confirm that. I know there is some sort of thing that's happening there with the YouTube. I need to check out those details. I know you can definitely subscribe to, uh, to be a member on the Patreon channel. And something to keep in mind, Johnny, uh, the Hoops, Ben, Paul, they've been doing their summer series. They've got a great episode yeah. with Phoenix Foster that just came out yesterday for the public um it released so you can go watch that on youtube etc but if you're a member on the patreon channel that came out multiple days ago so there's multiple. more of that on the way there's the next two sundays there's more episodes dropping with phoenix foster if you want early access to those go and jump on the hoops crew patreon subscription it's only five australian dollars a month cheaper than a cup of coffee and we go year round plenty of cats content year round men's women's vfl AFL, it's it's all there. So with all of that covered, Johnny, um, let's get into our show this evening. And what have we got for the good listener on the show tonight? Well, we've got a smorgasbord on the show. Oh, absolute smorgasbord. We've got what we want to see. Take it in turns. Got a few players to get through here. What we want to see from those particular players in 2024, we've, we've, we've drawn out a few names from the randomizer. You and I will each do a couple of players there. And then for the Patreon subscribers, we're going to go behind the Patreon curtain and begin the process that we're calling Immortal Moments. That's where we choose. The idea is, the conceit is, if you had to get three images from Geelong Cat's 21st century success, tattooed on your skin to immortalize the key moments in your opinion from the dynasty which three moments are you choosing we're going to start that tonight you and i are going to pick one each of where we would go so if you want to listen to that if you want to watch that go on over and subscribe to the patreon um, before we hit either of those things johnny i wanted to quickly talk about a little news story it's not a lot of news it's been really quiet uh, this offseason in terms of the news cycle. Cats haven't been involved good. in many trades or anything like that. It, hey, no news is good news. Um, but I wanted to just put to you, Johnny, there's a little 2024 news piece on the Cats website. Dangerfield Stewart, yes. the lead again in 2024. Um, Dangerfield to go around as the captain again. Stewart to go around as the vice captain. I'm not surprised that there's not any changes to be honest there, but what are your thoughts on that? Are you happy to move forward with the same duo as last year? Happy to move forward with the same 
hierarchy of Dangerfield as captain and Stewie as vice captain for 2024? Yeah, yeah, I've got no issues with that at all. They had a bit of a, a tough first year as captain for Dangerfield and vice captain as Tommy Stewart without Selwood. But I, I thought they had the moments throughout the year where they definitely looked the part, um, especially Dangerfield had some real captain-like games and moments throughout the year. So no doubt he'll be able to repeat that this year and hopefully at a more consistent and higher level as well as the whole team will be looking to do what they did last year, but just better. And yeah, I've got no other issues with it at all. I think they both did perfectly fine. No surprise. I think the only change that could have been made would be Tom Stewart captain, but I don't think think he's too fussed. I think he's just more happy to put to bed last year and get on with this season, and he's not going to be losing any sleep over not being captain over Dangerfield. I think he'd be rather happy with Dangerfield being the captain, being a bigger, big name. He'll take all the media stuff, a bit more of the spotlight. Tom Stewart just do Tom Stewart things in the games. So no drama at all. Yeah, and it's interesting just to look. um, Stewart will be 31 this year um, in March. I think that he's the next captain. I think Dangerfield, yep. whenever he goes, could be, you know, this could be the last season. We don't know. Um, I think he'll hand over and it'll be the Tom Stewart era. I feel like you can already sort of see that in a way um, with the fact, like I saw it was Tom Stewart giving an interview about, you know, being excited to return and what he was, you know, expecting and feeling about the playing group and that sort of thing this year after Christmas, you know, maybe something that, Traditionally, maybe at other clubs or in other times, might have been the captain. It was it was Stewie saying those things. So, I feel like they both seem to get a fair share of the media duties, and mm. I think it's really wise. I think it's ultimately been a really good decision decision from the Cats after you know the Selwood era. It was such a big shadow to step into. I, I actually and we discussed it a bit on the pod last season. Like I think it's the perfect duo. I think it would have been a lot for Stewie yep. to step into on his own. And and I think we talked about we would have felt, given the season last year, he might have been really hard on himself, and, and that would have been a lot to carry for him. I feel like Dangerfield is so, um, he seems so confident, you know, yes. in his own sort of self image kind of thing that it whatever happened last year, he was going to be able to carry that. So I feel like they're the perfect duo to really do this job that needs to be done post Selwood era. And then we'll move forward with something new uh, in the next few years. But I, I think there'll be a handover from Dangerfield to Stewart. And then when Stewie's done, who knows, they might go with something, someone a little bit younger and he's going to be able to carry the club forward for, yeah, Tommy Atkins. Um, so, yeah, no, I, I like it a lot. I like it a lot. And I think changing after one year wouldn't have made any sense. Um, I, I think... Um, I think that, you know, the club's taken, like, it's been able to have its cake and eat it too. I think we're going to be able to stay competitive and remain finals and premiership contenders, um, even in this really challenging time where Selwood's gone and it's, you know, potentially this massive void being left. So I think the the club is in the right hands with those two in in those leadership positions. Most definitely. 
yeah, they're, they're in good hands, yep. got good backup throughout the whole team and coaches and administration mm. and all that. So, yeah, there's, there's no shortage of support and you can definitely see that. It doesn't feel like Dangerfield's there being the, the face of the club 24-7. Like a lot of times Atkins is doing interviews, Stewart's doing interviews, Hawkins, other players are going out there as well and doing media stuff. So, yeah, I don't think it's just a... Dangerfield is captain, so he's got to do everything. It's more, he's just a captain on the day, and he'll rev up the troops when they need to rev up. He'll give them a bit of a pre-game speech, or Tommy Stewart will. But it's more of just that, who needs to be the captain? We just need a captain, so why not Dangerfield? Because he can give a good speech, I reckon. And, you know, mm. as I said, he's a big-name player. He's one of those players that has a big name in the whole AFL, so why wouldn't we name him as captain? Absolutely. No, I agree with agree with all of that, Johnny. Um, yeah, well, I think that's all I really wanted to talk about yeah. in that little segment. Let's get on to... No, it's been very, very quiet. Um, yeah. Match sim. Let's get into some... Had a match what... sim, which seemed to go all right. But yeah, okay. Yeah, I, I hadn't heard anything about that, but... No, it's just... Got little notes. It was just on the Instagram, you know, just the... Stills oh. of the match sims they do between themselves and tell the players yep. are looking good. Fit. Players Firing. Fit. Firing. As much as you can Lessened. tell from a, a still photo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Still photo of 15 second like reel on Instagram. Yep. Um, let's get into it, Johnny, with some what we want to see. Um I'm going to let you start us off. All right. And the player that was drawn for you to start us Ooh. off is a player who was playing his first season for the Cats last year. Um, drafted out of South Australia. A big oh boy, key position. Marking player. Player who has been on the hoops crew a bit. Um, Phoenix Foster. Johnny. Lovely. Obviously, la last year played a lot. In the VFL, didn't make a start in the AFL in year one, but was drafted lower down in the draft. So there wasn't necessarily an expectation that he'd be a year one starting player. Started up forward, had some success there, then was moved down back, sort of played half and half, really. If you look at the season in the VFL, played half up forward, half down back. Um, what do you want to see from Phoenix Foster in 2020? want to see from the bird I'll call him the bird you know, the big phoenix. phoenix the big phoenix uh i want i would really like to see him have a debut game which i believe he probably could get this year i don't see why not i think the cats have got a lot of the debut play games going to happen this year i'd like i would like to see him up forward as well and i'd just like to see him go out there and play his game and I think he knows what his game is. You know, we've had him on the chaps before and he's very friendly, easy, chill guy. Seems like he'll make friends like that. And but also seems very serious and focused about his football and what he wants to do with the cats. And I, and I think if when he gets his first game, I think it could go either two ways. He either could have a really good fun time 
you know, hopefully kick a goal or take some really good marks in defence, intercepting marks or tackles or whatever, or, you know, like what happens to a lot of players on the first game, not do much, just that it, get that experience. But, yeah, I think just getting that exposure would be really good for him this season. Because um, I, I feel like he, he felt like he was close last year to getting a debut game. Unfortunately, it didn't happen with the season going the way it did, I guess. But I reckon this could be his year. He's looking good. He's looking fit, looking strong. Um, yeah, I just want to see him continue what he's doing now, put his best foot forward, and hopefully get on the pitch and just do what he knows what he needs to do. And I think he can. And, yeah, as I said, I would like to see him up, up forward and kick a bag, good bag of goals for the Cats at some point. But it's tough to say. Tough to say because I haven't watched much of the VFL. haven't seen what he's really mm. like. But what I hear from you and other people is that he is a good high and flying mark, good, pretty accurate kick. Mm. Love that kick from outside 50. I think if he does that in one of these games this year or next year or whatever, he'll become a fan favourite pretty fast. If he isn't already, I feel like he could be a fan favourite already, the way he's the outward projection of himself. Just such a friendly, easygoing mm. guy and someone who generally just looks like he's having a fantastic time no matter what he's doing. And a great name too. I think that's the the key to becoming yes. both a fan favourite and a cult hero is to have a great name. Phoenix Foster. Um, I think, you can't really get much you know, better. We, 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 did, we did pitch the idea of the Order of the Phoenix. I think maybe... You know, if yep. the Carlton draft or whatever could get onto some uh, the Order of the Phoenix t-shirts, don't know how that goes with the old copyright thing. But um, yes, I, I I'm in agreement with you. I'd love to see him debut at AFL level. I I am I'm basically happy to trust like him and the coaches as to where they think his skill set yeah. is best deployed. I think it's really interesting to think about like what the future of our forward line looks like. With Hawkins, like at the end of his career, you would imagine getting towards it. Um, not that I'm trying to shuffle him off, but more just going, hey, there's going to be a reality soon. It was hard to imagine a reality without Selwood. Well, there is going to be a reality without Hawkins as well. Um, and, you know, likewise, in the next four, five seasons, there'll be a reality without Cameron as well. So you're really wanting to see some of those youngsters coming through. We've talked about Ollie Henry you know, having such a brilliant start to his career at the Cattery last year. But so I think Phoenix Foster's like in that mix, but I have to say like watching him down back last year, I could see the way in which at least the VFL team was looking to utilize his skill set. So he's a big, tall player, can pluck a mark, but something that sort of, I think, I don't know, maybe people listening or watching might not know, is he's, he's kicking. Um, if you can get a chance to go back and have a look at some of the games in the second half of the season where he's playing down back, he just unleashes some of the longest kicks you will ever see. Now, there's a goal against Richmond that he kicks. I think that was in round eight or 11, I can't remember, of the VFL season, uh, which goal. is outside 50, and it goes through like, you know, two-thirds of the post up into a breeze kind of like he just absolutely hoofs it but he was delivering the long these raking uh, the long sleeves and long socks that's two big fashion yep. 
Um, I think Phoenix fosters a bit of a fashion icon, to be honest. Like, he's rocking both the long sleeves and the long socks. He looks like he's dressed to play in the early 1900s, maybe late 1800s, yeah. um, which is massive, tooks. you know, fantastic from us. Yeah. He just needs, in fact, maybe to grow a mustache. Great point. Great point. Maybe he needs to talk to Zach Tui about the finer points of mm. growing a mo. Absolutely. A big curly Phoenix sort Foster. of thing is what you're thinking? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, something like that. Big like curly moustache. The old, old-fashioned moustaches that go down, like yeah. the half handlebar. And if Foster, if you're yes. listening, definitely give that a go. That'd be fantastic. I think definitely we'll give, give it a crack. The, the look will be complete. The long sleeve, long socks, moustache. Oh, you'll be an absolute... Charming prince with all that going on, and if you and if you can't grow one, and like this is the this is the the thing, yeah. like not everyone can. I can't grow the world's best mustache. I've got to say, you know, um, I grow a fairly long beard, but the mustache doesn't fill out as I would like it to. My my thing would be, you've got one of the best, like you've got a hall of fame mustache grower in the club right now in Tui. Yep. Before he hangs up the boots, what really needs to happen, one off-season, I think he needs to grow one, and then they need to transplant that onto Phoenix Foster's upper lip. I think a mustache transplant at some point um, would be fantastic. Uh, and then with the long go, sleeves Tui. and long sock, we're really cooking. Yeah. There go. There's a little get project. Get Phoenix. I hope you're listening. If you are, yeah. go to Tui and say, what's your tip for growing a mustache? If you can't grow one, Mustache transplant. Transplant it. Yeah. Get it and done. Two not, not involved. We'll try and um, get our friend to transplant his mustache over to Phoenix Foster. Yeah, he's got a great mustache. He's got a Definitely. great one. Definitely. I think, yeah. So, so to get back to the footy side of it, even though I think <laughs> we really hit the most important part, which is the mustache and the fashion. Absolutely. Um, is obviously. Um, because you should get fined if you don't wear your socks up, by the way, um, on a footy field. Enough I of agree. these fines for like, you know, high hits and stuff. It should only be fines for wearing your socks pulled down. I think it's interesting. I feel like Geelong is getting really good at drafting body types and skill sets, right? Draft someone like Blixarves yep. in you like, we really like all the athletic traits. Then we'll work out where he fits. I kind of feel like Phoenix Foster and a number of guys fit that profile where it's like we love the physical profile. We love the, you know, this guy's like a, a long, raking, accurate kick. Some of Phoenix Foster's kicks out of the back line were just exceptional last year. And so it's like, let's just get that talent in and then we'll work out where it fits. So I guess I'm excited to see how they make it fit you know, where they decide to mm. deploy him. Um, but I agree with you, Johnny, on the initial point that I want to see him make his debut this year. Um, my first player, speaking of Irish guys, uh, is O'Sheen Mullen. Nice. What do I want to see from O'Sheen Mullen in 2024? Um, interesting question. Because again, speaking of athletic skill like just drafting a player based on traits and then working out where you're sort of going to fit him sort of drifted around like he definitely started playing sort of like half back 
and that sort of thing in the VFL last year, which was very much like what he played in Gaelic football, sort of an attacking halfback sort of player who marauds forward off that back flank to get involved in the attacks. Then you saw him sort of roll through the midfield a bit last year, even at AFL level. They actually popped him up at a couple of stoppages. Um, he found himself in the forward line a couple of times, you know, not for extended periods of time playing as a forward, but I just think his combination of power and speed um, and his instincts in linking play is really exciting. And what, what I want to see this year, the context in the VFL, he played round one against Carlton, 15 disposals, three tackles. Then he didn't play until round six. 12 disposals, couple of tackles, three marks. Played round eight, 11 disposals, four tackles. Then believe he was called up into the AFL side, maybe. Didn't play VFL until round 14, then played round 15, round 19, 21, 22. So played one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight games in the VFL, and then six games in the AFL. Now, some of those AFL games, I'm pretty sure at least two of them were as a sub. What I would like to see is consistency of game time. Now, he had some struggles, I think, with injury. I don't know how much. It was hard to sort of get information on what was going on with him last year, but there were stretches where he'd miss games in the VFL and be like, what's going on? And I can't remember if it was ever really, I don't know, spoken about that much, but it seemed like it was sometimes a struggle to get those games together consistently. I, whether it's AFL or VFL, I just want to see him play more footy in 2024 because I think that's what is needed. When he started to put back-to-back -back games together, you saw the development start to happen. Um, yeah. Probably played his best two-game stint in the VFL. Casey Demons, he had 17 touches, five tackles, followed that up against Sydney with 19 touches, four marks and a tackle. Um, those were his two highest disposal counts of the season. He did equal that 17 against Collingwood, but I that's the big one for me. Consistent games. I want to see him playing every game in the VFL, and when he's not playing VFL, it's only because he's pushed his way into that AFL team, either as a sub or whatever it might be. Just want to see a higher volume of games. Like if you look at it, six – He's essentially played 14 games of footy total last year. I'd like to see that higher. I'd like to see that up the 20, 20 mark um, next year. So that's my that's my what I want to see. I don't know if you've got any thoughts about Oshin Mullen, but it, it's it's more games in 2024 is is the key to help build his learning of the game. Yeah, yeah, I reckon. Yeah, that'll be by my one as well. It's to see him you know, get more game time, learn the game a bit more. This is what his third year now at the Cats. So, or second year. Just his second. That was his first year second. last year. Was his first. That's right. Yeah. That's yeah. right. Because he was going to come, then he didn't. And then he came last year. Yeah. Yeah. More games, a bit more exposure. Um, he's definitely got a lot of talent. You can see that. And as you said, as a year went on, he got more and more confident in himself and his abilities. And again, it's just those last few moments where he's got the ball 
it just looks like he's rushed. He's rushed, rushed um, to the pace of the game, the pressure, and also just going, what do I do now? Sort of like a, a dog chasing a car, you know, you know what your target is, mm. but as soon as you get it, it's like, what's the next step? So yeah, it's sort of that next step for him, which we most likely find out this, this off season. And I think once he does know that next step, he could become a very good and dominant player for the Cats. Like he's not, he's touted as one of the best in um, Irish and Gaelic football. Mm. So he's got a lot of talent. And I also reckon he should be talking to um, Ashley Maloney as well because she's come from a very similar boat. Yeah. But she she came in and just came in flying. So I think he should have some – get some words of encouragement from her. Zach Tui obviously would be doing the same. Um, Anna Rose Kennedy as well. I think they all could offer a bit of advice on what to – to do and what to expect. Mark O'Connor as well, but yeah, I agree with you. More games, get more learning into him and just just see what happens. What's the worst case scenario? Best case scenario is yeah. who knows? Who knows what he could mm. become? Worst yeah, case I think is, I think he's really got s- an amazing yeah set of skills, both physically like athletically in that. And then I think you saw flashes of it in the VFL where, you know, some real class with the ball. Sometimes it wasn't. Sometimes it was like, oh, yep, this is a player, you know, kicking the footy for the first time. Other times it was like, oh, you just hit a really nice target off his left or his right. Um, So I think there's a lot of promise there. But I think like a lot of these like younger players or at least young to footy, like I know Sheen Mullen is like, there's nothing wrong with them taking a, a, two seasons playing mostly VFL. You know, the the idea for me would be that next year, 2025, you would hope that his development would dictate that he's in the side regularly in the AFL, that he's sort of pushed for a place. Um, But this year, again, is is an increased, like, development year, but we want to see more games from him. So you've got more chance to evaluate where he's at. Um, All right, Johnny, your next one. You've got a young midfielder, a young blonde Cats midfielder, Ooh. Mitch Nevitt, who is coming into his third season, I believe, at the club. He's 20 years old. Um, played his first game for the Cats in 2022, which so I think that was his first year. It was 2022. Played two games in 2022. Played eight games in 2023. What do you want to see? from Mitch Nevitt? Well, pretty similar to Oshin Mullen, but I reckon Mitch Nevitt could get a few more games in the senior side and just get get that experience, get that exposure, get that body up to this, you know, a bit more stronger, a bit more built up, which I believe he is doing. And the games he played last year, we were at the Bulldogs game and he was playing and he had a really impressive game. I believe he got some really some high votes from us. Um, really impressive that I've game. I've got his so numbers, if you like, for that game. Bring it up. Bring it he up. Had, so, yeah, against the Dogs in that win, he had 17 disposals, seven tackles, a couple of clearances, five inside 50s, and he kicked a goal. And if you remember, that goal was on the halftime siren. 
yes. slotted a set it's shot. Um, and also had two goal assists. Yeah. So if we go by those numbers, that's a pretty good launching pad for this young guy. He definitely showed he's got the skill, he's got talent, can take it up to some of the best midfielders in the game in Bondon Pelly and Libertori. Um, if he's got 17 disposals, a couple of clearances, a goal against the guys like that, he's you know going to do pretty well. And it's just a matter of fact of getting back to that standard week in, week out. And the only way he's going to be able to do that is getting more games into him, get to the coalface a lot more, put his body on the line a bit more, which, you know, I think he can do. We've seen that last year where he, he can get into that coalface pretty quickly and hard and dish out a good ball. So I reckon he just, he just needs to do what he's doing at the moment. And I just want to, yeah, similar to Oshin, I just want to see him play more games, bit at VFL or in the AFL. Hopefully AFL. I'd like to see him play maybe like 10, 12 games of AFL this year. Just, you know, each year increase it a little bit. And I think if the Cats can do that, he'll become a very stable and excellent player for the Cats. And, you know, midfielders, they're getting a bit older for the Cats. Cam Guthrie's not a spring chicken danger field as well. Um, and we've got some young promising talents like Nebbit, Jai Clark, um, Bose as well, Tanner Bruin. So there's a little bit of competition at the moment, but I also feel like in the next few years, if he continues to build, he'll be in a spot where he can stay in the team each and every single week. It's just a matter of fact getting there now, which yeah, you can only do by playing more games. So yeah, more games for Nevit. No, totally agree. Um, and, you know, like a side note is probably want to see, and I think you've already seen season on season with Nevitt, like the physical development thing, mm. like another season working out at the club gym, another season, you know, doing all that, you know, off-season training. He just keeps adding a little bit of that requisite, like bulk to his frame. Um, so you would hope that year three, year four, you're starting to get that, you know, and I mean, you know, it's, 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 you think about, they talk about players hitting their straps, like their mid, mid twenties. He's still got some years to go on that. Like he's only 20 this year. He debuted at 19. Mm. Um, but I think you'd, yeah, you'd want him to start really pushing for that spot. I thought it was actually, it was one of the, uh, a really interesting to me end to his season. Right. So. To start with in the VFL uh, last year, I'm just trying to look back through his numbers in the VFL. Just reading uh, a quick so article. Played, what, first... on yeah, him. go for it. So just reading a quick article, and he's, they're saying that um, he wants to sort of do what Joel Selwood used to do, which was called, Joel Selwood used to call the lonely hours working on his craft, which must be working outside of club hours or on the ground after hours. He said he's willing to do that. Mm -hmm. And he said he's happy to talk to, he said he's very sportful choice on who he can talk to about improving certain parts of his game, which is good. It's good to hear from a, a young guy going, I'm not going to waste 
my time here by not talking to the likes of Tom Stewart, Dangerfield, Zach Tui, Jamie Cameron, Tom Hawkins about aspects, aspects of these games. And one thing he wants to learn, uh, make his main weapon this year is overhead marking, which hmm. excites me. I reckon if you can work on that overhead marking in the midfield, that's that's exciting. Absolutely, absolutely, Johnny. Um, I was just doing a quick bit of maths on the old napkin. Um, started off first month in the VFL uh, last year. Had was interesting, sort of like eighteen touches, um, five marks, one tackle, eight touches a mark, no tackles, 12 touches against Box Hill, four tackles, 18 touches against Werribee. Played really well in that game against Werribee, which the Cats won. We were the only side outside of the grand final team, Suns, to beat Werribee last year. Um, had 18 touches, eight marks, four tackles, and kicked a goal. And if I remember correctly, he had a great defensive effort to save a goal uh, late, either in the first quarter or just near half time in that game. Then he came into the AFL side for a for a slew of games. He was in, uh, where was he? Rounds six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12. He was in the AFL side, including that performance against the Dogs, which I think was easily his best performance of the season. And then he got dropped. Now, what's interesting to look at the first month he played in the VFL, he averaged two tackles per game in the first month. And it was something that was criticized of him I think a lot in fan circles, at least when he was in the AFL was he wasn't bringing enough defensive pressure. If he didn't have the ball, he wasn't really having an impact. If you look at the next part of his VFL season, he played another nine games after he got dropped from the AFL side, had 60 tackles in nine games. So he averaged um, six tackles, a bit over six tackles per game after that. So tripled his defensive tackling efforts on what he had in the first month. And I think that is an area that's really important for him, like earning and keeping his place is being able to, we talk about it all the time on the pod, is like you have to have two strings to your bow. It's not good enough to just be damaging when you have the ball. When you don't have the ball, you have to be able to offer something because other players are going to. And so I think I'm interested to see if he comes in early in this season, how's that tackling pressure? Because like to, to end the season, after he got dropped, he went nine tackles and 20 touches against the Dolphins, uh, Frankston, 12 tackles and 15 touches and a loss to Casey, 20 touches and 12 tackles with a goal against Sydney. So he really cranked in um, in the second half of that VFL season with his defensive pressure. So I think that's an important that's, one for him to secure his yeah. spot. And also it's, it's it, that's a good indication that he's – willing to listen and to apply mm. the feedback and you know ideas of outside and the coaches and all that to to his game go mm. what am i lacking in and then yeah they tell him and he goes off and works on it which is really positive sign that he's not afraid to take the criticism and then improve mm. upon that which you definitely want to see in a young guy and tell you i reckon he's a very very exciting prospect. I think there's a lot in him that should excite everyone. And I really reckon he's another and one of those it... players that's just going to fly under the radar. Mm. And then by the time everyone notices, like opposition fans and opposition players noticed, 
is going to be a out and right, outright superstar. Hopefully, fingers crossed. In it, in his first fifteen VFL games, he'd had three games with seven tackles. He'd never had any more than seven. And then in his last nine games last year, he had four games where he had seven or more, and three of those was nine, twelve, and twelve. So there, there really was a concerted effort to lift those numbers. Yeah. I, I have to imagine because that certainly was when you watched him. Um. It's kind of nice we've drawn four young players tonight because I'm going to take us out here, Johnny, with Shannon Neal. Big key Lovely. forward. He's been around the Cats for a bit. Um, he's 21, 22 later this year. Only managed five games so far for the club, but a, a big part of that has been, you know, he's been limited to injury, uh, by injury. Um, he was held out with injury in 2021, I believe. Uh, if you look here, he only had five VFL games. He played rounds one and three, then wasn't back till rounds 11, 12, and 13, um, and then didn't play another game that year. Uh, the next season, uh, 2022, he played most games in the VFL. Then last year, played rounds one and two, didn't come back again till round 14, and played 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, and 19. And then I think from memory, he got bumped up into the AFL team in the latter part of the season. Um, just trying to look where that was. Yes, rounds 22, 23, 24, he played against Collingwood, St Kilda, and the Dogs. I want to see Shannon Neal back himself to be the monster because we yep. talked about this on the pod last year that he's huge. He's enormous. He's, he, he's of a frame. He's of a size that should worry defenders. And so I want to see him back himself to go for those big pack marks, to get out on the lead, just basically back his skill set. I think at the moment he's not convinced that he's one of the monsters. That's what I've sort of had yeah. a look at a few times at AFL level. Now in VFL, it's, it's different. In the VFL last year, uh, he played, what, eight games, I think it was and kicked 17 goals. So he averaged two goals a game. He also averaged uh, five and a half marks a game in the VFL last year. So it had no problem marking the ball. Mm. Ended the season in a really strong patch of form uh, in the VFL. Uh, if you go back to the Sydney game, uh, which was in round 15, only had five disposals, uh, two marks, but he kicked three goals in that game, three games from five disposals. The next week against uh, North Melbourne, Seven touches, five marks, two goals, one. Pretty good in a losing effort. Against Essendon, 15 touches, five marks, two goals, two. Kicked three goals, one against Brisbane in what was a really tough outing for the Cats uh, against a really talented Lions side. Um, but that was eight marks, three goals, one. And then finished the nice. season in the win over um, the Bull Ants. Finished his VFL season. 21 disposals, 11 marks, three goals, four. So... In the AFL, he's only had three scores. He averages one score a game last season. He averages under one score a game um, across his five games career. I just want to see him basically take that confidence he has at VFL level and, and realize that he's, he's big and strong enough and scary mm. enough that if he puts himself in the right positions, he can scare AFL defenders too. So... I think 
it's a tough task when he comes in and replaces Hawkins, say, you know, and that's often when he's getting in, yep. is it's like, oh, Hawkins is out. So in you go, Shannon. It'd be great if he could somehow get the opportunity to play when you've got, you know, like those other big forwards around him, just so that he's not drawing the, you know, the biggest defender. But yeah. that's it for me, really, is just taking the confident approach he seems to have at VFL level and trying to apply that at the AFL level because I think he's big enough and strong enough and nasty enough. And I actually really like his kicking. I know it it doesn't look like that crash hot when you look at his VFL stats, like three goals, four. Some of the goals he kicks, though, the set shots, like he's the kind of player who goes back and takes the straight drop punt tucked in the pocket and can nail it. So I think there's the framework of a really good player there, and it's just about that change in mindset. You saw Hawkins have that in his career. When he suddenly went, oh, wait, I can throw these guys around at the AFL level like I can in the VFL. Yeah. And, and I, I just, that's what I want to see. I want to see Neil get the opportunity again at, VF, at AFL level this year. To start with, let's see him dominate the VFL. Let's see if he starts in the good. VFL this year, I want to see him tear it up. You know, three goals a game, or two, you know, two and a half, three goals a game across the first month. That'd be awesome to see. And just then he can feel really, really confident going to the AFL. Yeah, yeah, it's the same. Just just to say that confidence in the AFL would, would be really good. As you just saying, he just he looked a bit lost in the AFL and sort of a bit timid, like he was gonna get in the way of Cameron Hawkins or Gary Rowan or Ollie Henry. And and he's not gonna get in the way because, you know, they're not gonna crash into him on purpose or by accident, they're pretty clever and intelligent players. He's just got to get over the fact that he does belong in the, in that side when he does get picked for the AFL side. He just needs to get, get that in his head, going, yep, I do belong here. This is my time. And I'm saying with you, if he gets in his head that he belongs in the team when they pick him, he'll get the confidence in himself, and then he could really dominate and just hopefully kick bags of goals for the cats and be another spearhead for the cats with when Hawkins and Cameron do retire alongside Rowan. I, I still think Ollie Henry be, could become the main target, the spearhead, just because he's that little bit further developed, a little bit more confident in himself, a bit more willing to go for those big marks. But I tell you what, if Shannon Neal can get that confidence behind his game that he should have, he definitely should have it. He's just got to get. And he said that I do belong in this in this really good, powerful forward line. He'll just he could become a beast, and it could also just be not confidence in his body. That he's hasn't put enough muscle on it. He could get hurt or broken or, or probably not hurt or broke, but get knocked around a bit too easy at the moment. But if he builds on that muscle, it comes from that. There's no, not yeah. many people are going to be able to knock and, him around. And and I get the two, like when a young player's been injured too. Yeah. Like it can take thing. a while to feel like I'm going to be okay. Like I can trust yeah. that that's not going to happen again or, or that I've just got to trust that I'm going to play really well until it like injury does tend to rear its head mm. a few times across careers. But like, you know, it's hopefully he's able to put that out of his mind. Yeah. But I, agree, I was just I doing think... the quick math again, Johnny's. Yeah, you go. I was just going to say, I agree with you with that. Uh, VFL. Just get him in 
the VFL for a few games at the start of the year, get that confidence in his body, in himself, and then chuck him in the AFL and see what happens. So here's a, here's a little goal-kicking stat for you. He kicked three or more goals in five games in his first 23 VFL appearances. He kicked three or more goals in three of his last five games last season. So that's pretty impressive. Five five pretty times impressive. of three or more in his first 23, three times of three or more in his last five. So I, I like that. And he did seem like to be feeling much more confident at the end of last year. Um, yeah. With his marking and that sort of thing. So let's, let's hope that last month um, in the VFL is what translates this year in the AFL. All right, that is all we have time for on the show for the public part of the show tonight. Uh, make sure, as we said at the start of the program, go and follow us Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Spotify, Patreon. Uh, we are part of the Hoops Crew Media Network. And if you would like to come behind the Patreon curtain with us now as we talk about two of our immortal moments. Go and subscribe to the Patreon. The Hoops Crew on Patreon, it's five Australian dollars per month. You get extended podcasts. You get early access to a bunch of episodes. Uh, as I said, those summer series pods that um, the lads have been recording with Phoenix Foster, there's one of those that's now up available publicly if you want a taste of that on YouTube. But there's two more that are sitting there for Patreon subscribers that are going to get early released before they hit YouTube. So if you want to do all that, go and subscribe on the Patreon Thanks so much for watching. Thanks so much for listening. We appreciate your support. And until next time, go Cats! Go Cats!